I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Are you being influenced? If you've watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. Welcome. It is Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz, Ben Ferguson with you. And history was made. Kevin McCarthy becomes the first House Speaker in American history to be voted out of the Speaker's job. The vote, 216 to 210. To vacate the chair, eight Republicans voted with the Democrats to remove him. Those Republicans, Biggs, Bucks, Burchett, Crane, Gates, Good, Mace, and Rosendale. Senator, this is obviously a day of history. It's somewhat not shocking to me because there's been a lot of this, you know, bickering back and forth since Kevin McCarthy got the job. We saw how long it took him to get the job. Your reaction? Well, it, it's obviously a big, big deal, uh, and and I have to say my sentiments today are, are are conflicted. I think I feel like a lot of Republicans, like a lot of conservatives across the country. I think some of the the hyperbolic sentiments on both sides of the spectrum are exactly that. They're hyperbolic. I think some of the folks celebrating and dancing on the graves are 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 too excited about this. I think some of the folks mourning and saying the republic is ending are are too much in despair. My reaction is as follows. Number one, as I look at the state of the country, House Republicans are about the only thing to be encouraged by. I mean, we've got a disastrous executive branch led by Joe Biden and other zealots on the left who are doing enormous damage to this country. We've got a Senate that is a train wreck. The Chuck Schumer Democrats are disastrous. And, and so the lone point of, of hope and optimism in the elected spheres is the Republican House. And so I have to admit I am sad to see the Republican House 
in utter disarray and chaos. That, that, that makes me disappointed uh, when we are fighting each other. That means we're not unified and fighting the bad guys. We're not unified and fighting the people who are destroying this country. At the same time, I'm, I'm in the place that a lot of people are. I don't know what comes next. I, I don't know. It certainly appears, as you and I, uh, it, it is just before midnight, uh, Tuesday night. At, at this point, I have no idea who the next Speaker of the House is going to be. It appears right now it's not going to be Kevin McCarthy. I don't know. Uh, if it's someone else, what I hope is, is whoever the Speaker of the House is, is going to be a strong conservative leader. And, and listen, I, my job is to represent 30 million Texans in the Senate. So I'm going to stay out of House leadership elections. I'm going to trust that to the members of the House. I'm not going to, to put my thumb on any particular candidate on one side or the other. But, but I will say, whoever the speaker is, I hope we have a speaker that is a strong conservative leader. And, and, and looking forward, what should we be doing for the remaining three months of 2023 and for next year. I think we ought to be fighting for bold conservative principles. We ought to be taking on the Democrats. We ought to be on the offense. We ought to be on the aggressive. We ought to be prosecuting the case that the Biden agenda is a train wreck, that it's not working, that it's hurting millions of Americans, and that there is a better alternative. Now, listen, I've been arguing for over a year that the House Republicans— should be more aggressive than they have been. So, for example, I believe we should have impeached Alejandro Mayorkas. I think we should have done so by now. We've talked a lot on this podcast about the utter disaster that our southern border has been. I think it's a mistake that the House has not impeached Mayorkas yet. That should be an early and top priority of whoever the next speaker is. I think we should have impeached Merrick Garland. I think the absolute lawlessness and politicization of the Department of Justice and the FBI merits impeachment. And my hope is whoever the next speaker is makes those one and two very early on their priority list. I think those are issues that unify Republicans, they unify conservatives, they unify a lot of Americans who don't want lawless chaos and death and sexual assault and drug overdoses and, and, and disaster on our southern border. I think they unify people who don't want to see law enforcement turned into a political weapon. I think th- being on offense is a winning place to be. And beyond that, when it comes to spending, I hope that the House is passing appropriations bills that rein in the out-of-control spending from the Democrats that are causing rampant inflation that's hurting Americans across the country. I think the key to winning is to have bold, optimistic, positive, conservative leadership. And I believe that good policy is good politics. So whoever the next speaker is, I hope that's what we do. There's also the politics of picking the next guy. And, And there's a lot of people saying, I don't know if I'd want this job right now if there's this type of fighting there's been several members that I talked to that said there's there's ideas of picking someone that could be a unifier just to, to say, hey, I'm not going to run again, but as a unifier to finish out the term, Steve Scalise's name, for example, uh, has been brought up in that capacity of saying, hey, this may be a person that could bring us together. This is someone that's saying, I'm not, I don't have the intent to be the speaker after this finishing this term. You guys can pick somebody else afterwards, but let's come back together. Is that a strategy that Republicans should at least look at? 
Uh, look, the idea that we should have a speaker that's a placeholder, I, I don't find that very persuasive. We have a majority. Let's have a leader who actually leads. Now, I'm not saying the job is easy. The job is unbelievably hard, particularly when you have such a narrow majority. You have a four-vote majority. That means any five Republicans get a wild hair, and, and you can have a revolt on your hand. And the problem is you can have it from the right, from the left, from the middle. You can have it parochially. You can have it geographically. You can have it on any damn basis. It is, I, I, I've joked, I'm not sure there are many people I dislike enough to wish that they would be Speaker of the House. It is an insanely <laughs> difficult job. Yeah, that's uh, a great way of putting it, by the way. It's like you wouldn't wish, wish this on your worst enemy, in a sense. And, and it's also very different when you're a Republican. So listen, Nancy Pelosi was the speaker on an incredibly narrow Democrat majority. But Democrats and Republicans are different in many respects. But, but in Congress, one of the biggest respects is Democrats follow orders. They are collectivists. They are statists. They are good with authority. Whatever the authority says, they crack the whip and every one of them obeys. And, and like lemmings, they march off the cliff. That's what Democrats do. That's a strength of theirs. That's a weakness of theirs. On the Republican side, we're a bunch of individualists. So in the Senate, we've got 49 Republicans. If we've got 49 Republicans, we have 55 different agendas. Like it, it is incoherent. We're at each other's throats, and, and part of the challenge with, with the leadership battle in the House is it's not clear what the demand of the conference is. So, look, we had a battle. We came inches from a shutdown, and one of the challenges was knowing, okay, what is the demand of House Republicans to prevent a shutdown, to actually fund government? And if there was a clearly articulated, explicit demand, I don't know what it was. They, the demands fell roughly into two broad buckets. One was some modicum of fiscal restraint. And, and look, you and I believe passionately in that. We've seen the most wildly irresponsible federal government spending in history in the last two and a half years under Democrat control. It's driving rampant inflation. It's hurting millions of Americans. And so Reining in, we've seen a 40% increase in discretionary spending in the last three years. COVID was an excuse for the socialist to bankrupt this country. And so the principle of let's have some reasonable modicum of fiscal restraint, that's a good principle. The second broad bucket was doing something significant, meaningful to rein in the utter chaos and disaster of our southern border. Now, I agree emphatically with that. It's the worst illegal immigration in our nation's history. That's a good objective. The problem was, after articulating those two broad buckets, what the specific ask is, if you can articulate it, Ben, you're playing closer attention than I am, because I don't know. And, and it's because you had lots of agendas that were all over the place. Now, I will say, there were some leaders in, this, the, in the House, and I'm going to give a shout out to Chip Roy in particular, as you know, Chip was my old chief of staff. He was my very first chief of staff. He's now a congressman from Texas. I think Chip has done an excellent job trying to fight for, he was fighting for continuing resolution that was a significant cut in discretionary spending that had significant steps to rein in the southern border. And unfortunately, they couldn't get a majority of Republicans to support it. Which that is, by the way, totally insane. That was maddening. It, yeah. it was insane. It made no sense. I was proud of the job Chip did. Um, I think we need to have a clear and real vision 
for Republicans and conservatives in the House. Maybe it will come out of this. So, so I'm not as despondent as some. You see some voices on TV saying, burn them all down. Everyone who, 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 who dared oppose McCarthy needs to be, you know, excommunicated and we need to salt their fields. I'm, I'm like, easy does it, guys. We don't have a big enough majority to be salting anyone's fields. Let's actually focus on what matters, which is saving this country. And I hope that's what's next. I don't know if it is, but I hope it is. Let me tell you about our friends over at Chalk. If you're a guy and you feel like that you've lost some of your strength and your vitality and weakness and complacency are setting in, maybe you just feel fatigued and you don't want to go work out. Maybe you don't even like playing sports anymore and that's something you love to do. Uh, Maybe you just feel like you're just getting weak and complacent and sitting around too much. Well, guess what? You're not alone. Men's testosterone levels are off a cliff historically at an all-time low. Thankfully, the Patriots at Chalk are helping real American men just like you boost your testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. You'll get back that strength and vitality. You'll get rid of that weakness and complacency. It's manufactured right here in the U.S. of A. Chalk's natural herbal supplements are clinically proven to have game-changing effects on your energy, your focus, and your mood. So if you're sick and tired of sitting around and just being sick and tired of having that weakness and complacency, check out Chalk. C-H-O-Q dot com. That's C-H-O-Q dot com. Now, here's the best part. Use the promo code Ben and you'll get 35% off at Chalk.com. C-H-O-Q dot com. Boost your testosterone levels up to 30% over 90 days. C-H-O-Q dot com. That's C-H-O-Q dot com. Let me ask you another just perspective question. There does seem to be a frustration, and I, I, I'm i in New York today, and I'm up here, and I'm... I'm you, you know, I, I always knew you were a secret lefty. Look that's at you right, heading that's off right, to Manhattan. That's right. Yeah, exactly, exa- hanging in Manhattan, but up here doing TV. All right, all right, Ben, did you mug anyone today? No, I did not, and I made sure that I had, I stayed away from all the crazies. I walked from Fox News back to my hotel, back to Fox News, back to my hotel. I'm like, I'm, I'm look, not look, I'm look, not when in Rome, when in Rome. Apparently, that's what you got to do in New York City. <laughs> yeah, that's just part of like the life here, right? You just randomly but, mug but, people. But but you did at least spray some graffiti on the subway. I assume. Well, I mean, I, mean, I did. I mean, you got to do a little bit. I, I I did verdict right, just so people would know where to download it. That's all, and no big deal. It's just an ad sign. But but I was here, and there was people that were asking, and it was the same conversation within Fox. And it's interesting when there's big news days to kind of see how people react to it. And we were in the green room. We were chatting about this, and there's several other people, and I'll keep them renamed nameless. But there was a there was a consensus of why is it that Democrats do such a great job of arguing and fighting and yelling on the House side behind closed doors, and they come out more united. And then it seems like Republicans are having a lot of out, uh, of fighting outside. Of the of the of the closed door meetings in the chambers and and on social media and on Twitter. I mean, you had an example. You had a bring it on tweet from Kevin McCarthy, and then you had we did or I did from Matt Gates in response. Like, okay, let's go. You don't see that from Democrats. And I ask you from a perspective on the Senate side. The Senate seems to work in a very different way, where there's people that disagree. You deal with it all the time, but it doesn't yeah. seem to play out the same way that it does on the House side. And I think that can actually hurt us as conservatives. You And I want your perspective because you're there every day. Look, there are differing times. There's no doubt that the House and the Senate are very different bodies. You know, there's an old joke from House Republicans, which, which is that 
the Democrats are our opponents, but the Senate is the enemy. There's some truth to that. I get that. that, 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 that there is a bicameral tension that is real. Um, the House is more chaotic. It is less unified. It is all over the place. It's 435 people. And, so, and, and often the people have not been there very long. You have people from all disparate walks of life. And, and there's an ethos where they're nasty to, nastier to each other. My sense, and I've never served in the House, but my sense is that they literally, like in the hallways, will say F you to each other. In the Senate, that doesn't happen. The Senate is, number one, it's just an older body. Listen, I'm, I'm 52 years old, and I'm like a, a young chickadee in the Senate. I, I've joked, if you ever want to feel young, go to the U.S. Senate. The median age is like 142. You'll, you'll, you'll feel sprightly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's some truth to that, but there's also just a sense people are there longer. Uh, it's a smaller body. There are only 100 of us, and, and whoever you're fighting today— you may need their vote tomorrow. And so, you know, even the most partisan Democrats are not typically nasty to you just one-on-one because the institution, you have to work with each other going forward. Um, The challenge right now in the House is among the multiple rebels, there's no natural and uniform and consensus leader. Listen, in the Senate, we had a leadership challenge in November, and I was the point of the spear on the leadership challenge. In November of last year, we had the first leadership challenge in 16 years to Mitch McConnell as leader. And, and All right, I was you got You got to go back to your speech because you're going to forget this. And it, it was it, I remember how and people may have missed this on verdict when you stood up talking about how important it was to pick the right leader. Can you go back to that day? Because this is part of that fighting and, and, and the grand debate, as I would call it, behind closed doors. Well, sure. It, if you look to November of 2022, we, we had the first leadership challenge to Mitch McConnell in, in history. He's been leader uh, of Republicans for 16 years. There's never been a leadership challenge. We had that in November 2022. I was the point of the spear. I led that challenge. And, and the way Republican leadership challenges work and, and Republican leadership elections work, they happen the week after the general election. So the general election happened, and immediately the next week, the very first thing that happens, we have leadership elections. Now, there's a reason for that. You have all these brand-new baby freshman senators. They come to Washington, and, and they don't know what they're doing. They're put in little bitty basement offices before they moved into their real offices. They, they have no idea what's going on. And, and leadership schedules the election so fast because they don't want any freshmen to get any uppity ideas and decide to challenge any of the leadership. They want them to shut up and vote before they figured out where the men's room is. So the, ver- the week after the election, you come together to vote. I remember in 2012, I was newly elected. I show up and I'm like, wow, okay, a Senate leadership election. This is kind of cool. This is going to be interesting. We're going to see debates about what should we as Senate Republicans be doing? What's our agenda? What's our vision? What's our plan? I was really looking forward to it. I got to admit, Ben, I was flabbergasted. I, I sat down. So the leadership election is always held in the historic Senate chamber. So that's that's where the Senate used to meet for 100 years in the Capitol. It's a much smaller building uh, room than the Senate floor. And and it, it's where we go for our leadership elections. And, and, you know, I expected each of the candidates for leadership to stand up and give a speech and say, here's what I want to do if you elect me. That doesn't happen. I mean, think back to when you and I were in junior high. Someone was running for 
president of the student council in junior high. They'd stand up and say, okay, elect me president of the student council, and I'm going to get chocolate ice cream in the cafeteria. And the students say, hey, I want chocolate ice cream in the cafeteria. Okay, I'm going to vote for Ben. Great. None of that happens. Instead, the way a Senate leadership election works is you have three or four senators stand up and give nominating speeches, praising the incumbent leadership. And I just, I mean, we're talking effusive, ass-kissing, puffing, empty speeches about how amazing the existing leaders are, one after the other after the other. And then leadership gets elected by acclamation, and the leader gets up and says, thank you very much. All right, moving forward. And there's, no, there's not a word of like what we're going to do, what we believe, what, we're, like, what the plan is. None of that happens. I remember the first time I'm sitting there, I'm going, this is weird. All right, well, let's fast forward to 2022. We have the leadership elections. And the very first salvo in the battle is, is I made a motion to delay the elections a month, to delay them until after the Georgia runoff. So you remember there was a runoff for who was going to yeah. be the next senator from Georgia. You and, and I were and there I, in Georgia with Herschel Walker. Yeah, we had no idea we, what was going to happen. Yeah. Well, I stood up and I, I said two things to my colleagues. I said, number one, listen, if Herschel Walker wins, he deserves a say in who our leader is. If he's going to be one of the senators, he deserves to have input in this. So we ought to wait until December 6th, until we know who the next senator from Georgia is going to be. But I said, secondly, we just came out of an election in 2022 where we got our ass kicked. And, and I said, listen, given the absolute disaster that is the Biden administ- administration, the Biden agenda, the Biden record, we should have had a phenomenal election. We should have won the Senate. We should have won a big, big majority in the House. We should be resurgent right now. Instead, we lost the Senate. In fact, we lost ground. We ended up losing a seat in the Senate. And we won a tiny, minuscule, four-vote majority in the House. And, and what I said to the conference, I said, listen, in any ordinary organization, in any company in America, if I'm working for a private company and I'm in charge of a division and I lost $100 million, my boss wouldn't be like, hey, great, great job, Ted. Keep doing what you're doing. They'd be like, yeah. no, what the hell's wrong? Let's talk about what you screwed up and let's go fix it because it's not okay to lose $100 million. Well, we just got clobbered in the last election. I said, we ought to spend the next month talking about and debating what we did right and what we did wrong. And I pointed out further, I said, listen, we just spent the last two years, 2021 and 2022, with a handful of Republicans joining with the Democrats to pass the Democrat agenda. I said, listen, maybe that's a good idea. I, I don't think it is, but, but maybe you could argue it's a good idea. But I can say at a minimum, what is indisputable is the Democrats don't do this. We had two years with a Republican president, Donald Trump, and a Republican House and a Republican Senate, and there was not a single bill, not one, that the Democrats joined with the Republicans to pass the Republican agenda. So they never, ever, ever do it, and we spent two years doing it. Now, Seems to me that was a really bad electoral strategy, but we had to discuss that. And if you disagree, let's talk about it. And then what I did secondly, I mean, my speech was was 45 minutes long right at the outset. What I did secondly is I turned to Mitch McConnell in, in the historic Senate chamber and I said, Mitch, over the next two years, what are you prepared to fight on? Is there anything 
you're prepared to fight on. I said, listen, there are a lot of things I think we ought to stand up and fight. I think the biggest reason we got it clobbered is we didn't stand and fight nearly enough. We didn't stand for anything, and, and that's why we didn't win. But I said, you tell us. There may be a dozen things I think we should fight on. Maybe you disagree with me. You don't think we should fight on a dozen things. But is there one over the next two years, or is the position of Republican leadership, we will surrender, we will roll over, we will grab our ankles on everything? If that's your position, okay, but let's be honest about it. All right, the end of my 45-minute speech. Mitch McConnell stands up, and he gives a speech to the conference. He doesn't address a single question I've asked. He doesn't say anything he's willing to fight on. Instead, he points at a series of senators and he goes, Oh, I gave $20 million to your campaign. I gave $25 million to your campaign. I gave $30 million to your campaign. I gave $35 million to your campaign. That was his whole speech. It was essentially, shut up. I spent the money, now you vote for me. That was the leadership election. We ended up voting. I needed 25 votes to prevail. There were 49 of us, so 25 would win. I got 16. So I fell nine short. Now, wow. on, one le- on one level, that's frustrating. Yeah. On, a- on another level, those are the first 16 votes ever cast against Mitch. After that... Rick Scott, my colleague from Florida, ran for leader against Mitch. I voted for Rick. Rick got 10 votes. So 10 votes. Again, those were the first 10 votes cast against Mitch. But the high water mark were the 16 that voted in favor of my motion to delay the leadership election. That's frustrating at one level, but it is also signs that people are recognizing we need to change what we're doing. And I, and I hear that across Texas all the time. I'm not saying we need to burn the place to the ground. I'm saying we need positive, organized, coherent, serious, conservative leadership with real objectives, real victories, and a vision that is clearly articulated to the American people. I think that's what a lot of House Republicans are feeling right now, and and I think that's what, what conservatives across the country are feeling. I want to tell you about Patriot Mobile. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Now, the team there have been great supporters, not only of shows just like this one, but they are proud to partner with conservative organizations to grow the conservative base. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending a message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, as well as our military, our veterans, and our first responder heroes. They have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team, which makes switching easy. You can keep your same cell phone number you have now. You can keep your same phone or upgrade. Now, when you pay your bill, this is when the magic happens. They take a percentage of your bill each and every month and give it back to conservative causes that you help choose to support in these categories that I just mentioned. And you may not realize it, but many of the big mobile companies actually give huge donations to Democrats as well as to Planned Parenthood. So stop giving your money to woke corporations that are fighting against your values and switch to Patriot Mobile. Use the promo code VERDICT. You'll get free activation and the best deals of the year. Call them, 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Or online at patriotmobile.com slash verdict. That's patriotmobile.com. 
com slash verdict. I want to take a moment and have a real heart to heart with you. If you're able, place your hand over your heart right now. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception. And at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. We've partnered with Preborn because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter that doubles a baby's chances at life. By six weeks, eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a little baby is able to suck his or her thumb. For just $28, you can be the difference between the life or death of a child. And if you're a business owner, perhaps you can consider a larger donation for a write-off because we know the government isn't working on saving babies. A donation of $1,000, 2000 20000 All gifts are tax-deductible and will reach eternity. Get involved today to donate just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say the keyword baby or donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict. Two thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable. So you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like your electric blanket, your microwave, your RV, air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict. One more question on this, and that is timing now. How quick should Republicans move to pick the new speaker the, the longer this drags out, I think the worse it is. I think it's a bad news cycle. I mean, hell, you know, the, I, I still, the timing, and this is just me as, as, a, as a media guy, I was yelling at the TV today when this happened going, you're making history, getting rid of the uh, speaker for the first time in history of this country, and you couldn't have waited maybe one or two more days and at least had the media and, and the coverage be on Hunter Biden being in federal court today, but you gave them an out and we didn't have to cover that story. He was in federal court today and that just got disappeared. You're, you're going through an impeachment inquiry. I don't know what, what ramifications this may have on that, but how quick should the Republicans move to, to, to fill this spot? Well, listen, the timing was driven by the individual who made the motion to vacate. And, and, and so if they're 
was a systematic strategy behind it. I, I'm not aware of it. Um, that's part of the challenge is, is that you don't have a clear, consistent demand that leads to a victory. Um, we'll see what happens. I hope that we do. That's a hard thing to get in part because very few House members will defer to each other. And so you've got lots of people putting out lots of ideas that are all out there in the cacophony. Um, I don't know how long the House will take. And, and listen, I've never served in the House. Um, I'm, I'm not remotely an expert on House procedure. I think they will have a battle. There, there are different people right now that seem to be putting themselves forward to be potential speakers. I'm seeing coverage on the news that Steve Scalise is making a run at it. I don't know if that's true. That's at least what was reported on Fox. Um, I was on Hannity tonight. Uh, Jim Jordan was on right before me. It sure seemed like Sean Hannity was trying to talk Jim Jordan into doing it. Jim was noncommittal. He he said that's going to be up for the conference to decide. I don't know if somebody else will be in the mix. I, I have no idea. I will stay out of it. That's a decision for House Republicans to decide. What I hope is whoever the speaker is, and I don't know if they go back to, to, to Kevin McCarthy. Again, that, you know, we had, what, 432 votes for, for Kevin back at the beginning of this con- conference. So may- maybe Kevin comes back. That's possible, too. Whoever the speaker is, I hope we have a clear, positive, conservative vision. And I do think we would be better off, as I mentioned at the outset of this pod, if House Republicans had started off by impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas, the results today might have been different. If yeah, we were point. in the midst of impeaching Merrick Garland, the results might have been different. Um, I do think the combination of, number one, the debt ceiling fight where, where conservatives did not get much of anything, and then a clean CR— I do think there was a frustration that was manifested in votes. And and so I think the way you win elections is by having serious principled fights that matter. It's not easy to do in the House. So I'm not I'm not diminishing how difficult it is. But I think that's the path to victory. I want to move to something else that obviously got pushed back in the headlines, but it still is important. The crime wave that we're seeing is not just sweeping the nation, but now it's affecting Democratic leaders and leaders in the liberal liberal movement like we haven't seen before, and it's happening way more often. I'll give you an example. You have a Democratic representative, Henry uh, Queller, who was carjacked at gunpoint in D.C. Uh, This comes as in just the past, well, it was in a 24-hour period, you had a liberal uh, gay reporter that was shot and killed in his home in Philly You had a far-left activist that was stabbed to death by a deranged stranger in Brooklyn uh, in front of his girlfriend. You had this Democratic congressman who was carjacked at gunpoint in D.C. by four African-American men. And and yet we have Democrats who have a soft-on-crime policies that aren't just hurting their neighborhoods that I mentioned, these different spots, but it's hurting people in Texas as well. And almost every House Democrat voted against the Republican efforts to stop the D.C. week on crime bill, which specifically would have reduced carjacking penalties. This is something that the Democrats, I mean, they voted for this. Aldred, for example, voted with the Dems on this one. It's shocking to me. Well, listen, crime is out of control in this country, and and it's an issue that has people understandably very concerned. I, I watched tonight... 
uh, the video of the liberal activist in, in New York at four in the morning being stabbed to death on, on the streets of New York by a guy that certainly appears deranged. It was horrific to watch. Uh, you're, you're right, the news of, of the left-wing journalist in, in Philadelphia who was shot, I think, seven times in his own home and killed in the past few days. And, and Henry Cuellar. Look, Henry Cuellar is a Democrat congressman from Texas. I know Henry well. Henry represents Laredo up to San Antonio. Henry is, is the most conservative of the Texas Democrats. I've, I worked hand-in-hand hand with Henry, for example, on uh, the, the Texas bridges. We've talked on this podcast before about four bridges from Texas to Mexico that Henry and I teamed up in and won big legislative victories to build new bridges to Mexico for legal commerce to expand bridges. Um, Henry, as I said, is by far the most conservative of the Texas Democrats. Well, in the last couple of days, Henry was was coming to his apartment in D.C. It was 930 at night and he was getting out of his car and he was carjacked. He was carjacked by four individuals. They put a gun in his face. They stole the car. Uh, They stole his luggage. Um, Presumably, I haven't spoken to Henry since it happened, but you have to assume that with a gun in his face, he, he was afraid for his life. I mean, that is frightening. My understanding is... Henry lives at, 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 at an apartment building where there are multiple members of Congress who live there. there. There are apparently multiple members of congressional leadership who live there, which means there are a lot of Capitol Police around there. And at 930 at night, he was carjacked on, on the streets of D.C. And then that reflects the crime wave that is sweeping this country. Now, the D.C. City Council, which is populated by left-wing Democrats— they voted to lower the penalties for violent crimes, including carjackings. In particular, uh, they, they, they voted to lower the, the, the sentence um, uh, from 21 years to seven years. And they voted to, to lower the sentence from 40 years, if armed, to 15 years. And, and under the revised code, carjacking is now divided into three gradations, dependent on severity, with the lowest penalties for an unarmed offense ranging from 4 to 18 years, and the highest penalties from an armed offense, ranging from 12 to 24 years. Now, in the Congress, thankfully, the Congress has the ability to rescind any legislation in the District of Columbia, and the reason for that is the Constitution gives Congress total authority over D.C., unlike a state. We can't rescind laws in Texas or any other state, but D.C. is a federal district, and Congress has plenary authority over it. And so in Congress, we voted to rescind these softened crime laws that lessened the penalties for violent crimes. And the results are, are horrific as we're seeing carjacking, murders, crime rates skyrocketing in D.C. and all across the country. I want to talk to you about our friends at Augusta Precious Metals real quick. If you're like me and you've wanted to buy gold for years, lots of commercials out there talk about buying gold. The question is, who can you really trust? Well, I didn't want a bad investment. I wanted to make sure that I had someone I could work with. And that is when I found Augusta Precious Metals. If you have an IRA or a 401k and you want to buy physical gold, eliminate fear and uncertainty for the process using the new gold IRA company integrity checklist. It helps you evaluate and choose the best gold IRA company. Now, I use it personally to vet Augusta Precious Metals, and I'm buying gold from them myself. You can use this checklist to choose the best gold IRA company. You can also get the free investor's guide on gold from Augusta Precious Metals right now. And you can get the gold IRA company integrity checklist today. 
All you got to do is call Augusta and you can get that free guide on gold. The number 877, the number four, gold IRA. That's 877, the number four, gold IRA. Or online at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You can also text the word Ben to 68592 if that's easier on you and you'll get that integrity checklist right away. So text the word Ben to 68592 or AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You also have the White House who was asked about part of this, and I want to play that for everybody. Take a listen. If a member of Congress is not safe on the streets of the nation's capital, who is? Look, we're grateful and relieved that the congressman is unharmed. We understand what communities are going through across the country, not just in D.C. That's why the president took action very early on in his administration to get the American Rescue Plan done without the help of Republicans. That's why every time he puts forward his budget, he makes sure there are billions of dollars to deal with crime. That's just a fact. All you gotta look is what the president has been able to do this past two years. There's always gonna be more work to be done, but the fact is, the president has taken action. He hasn't taken action. He's done the opposite of that. She didn't have an answer to that. Holy crap, if a Democrat congressman is getting carjacked on the streets of D.C. at 9.30 p.m., what the heck is the answer? And she's like, no, 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 I, I, I'm not going to answer that. And what was her answer? Well, you know, Joe Biden's spending a ton of money. Mind you, not actually putting criminals in jail, not supporting police, not doing anything to stop crime. But he's shoveling a whole lot of cash at, at Democrat special interest groups. He's shoveling a whole lot of cash at, at deficit spending that's causing rampant inflation. That is her answer. It's an utter non sequitur. And, and by the way, it's not just Henry Cuellar. Angie Craig, who is a Democrat member of Congress from Minnesota, was was assaulted in the apartment of her D.C. Uh, her D.C. apartment in February of this year. And, 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 and this is a pattern that is happening over and over and over again. Let me give you some stats. Carjackings in D.C. are up one hundred and nine percent. Robberies are up sixty eight percent. Theft is up twenty two percent. Homicides are up 38%. And, and the city is on pace for the deadliest year in two decades. Not only that, nine of the top 10 cities with the highest homicide rights are run by Democrats. 27 of the top 30 cities with the highest murder rates are run by Democrats. This is a pattern, and, and you're saying Corrine Jean-Pierre and, and the, the Biden White House utterly dodging responsibilities for their soft on crime policies that are endangering people all across the country. One last question for you. Will Democrats move on this? Because even the White House Secretary was asked a question, a follow up where she could have kind of gotten a redo. I got to play it. It's too good not to. If President Biden's policies are helping bring crime down, would he be comfortable with somebody borrowing his Corvette and parking it on the street overnight in southeast D.C.? I'm not going to get into hypotheticals. I'm just going to get into the facts about what this president has done in this president. I mean, she still screwed it up. <laughs> Look, of course not. Nobody would. You park your Corvette on the street. It's going to get robbed. It's going to get broken into. It's going to get keyed. It's going to get vandalized. I, she can't answer that question. And so, you know what she's counting on? Look, that was a question from Fox News. So Fox will cover it. Ben, you worked for years at CNN. Did CNN cover that exchange? Hell no. MSNBC? No. ABC, NBC, CBS? Nope. 
They know that the corporate media, they are the puppets for the administration. They are the propagandists for the administration. They will repeat the regime line. And, and, and so, look, any sane person would say no to the question, would you be happy with your, 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 your classic Corvette parked on the streets of D.C.? Of course not, because crime is out of control. And the problem is, look, let me underscore that again. When the D.C. City Council looked at skyrocketing crime rates and said, you know what the answer here is? Let's lower the penalties on violent crime. That's the best solution. We've got too many murders, too many, too many murders, too many carjackings. Let's send people to jail for shorter times for murder and carjacking. That's a great idea. In Congress, thankfully, we overturned that. Why do you think crime is out of control? Yeah, this is the Democratic Party, and this is certainly going to be an issue with the presidential election. Don't All right, forget, ben, 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 hold on. Before we wrap up, I want to ask you a final question. I'm ready. If you're standing by a doorway and you see a little red box that is three inches by four inches, <laughs> and it says the word fire on it, and it says, pull this for the fire alarm, my question to you is, is that a doorknob? That is not a doorknob, and that is not a way to exit the building. I, but how I, do you I, know? How do, how do you, you know, yes. Ben? Seriously. Yes. I mean, look, it's not Isn't like... Isn't that you, insurrectionism 101, right? Like, don't you immediately lock that person up forever? Well, let me ask you this. It's not like you were a high school principal. It's not like you were a high school principal in a high school that had fire alarms. It's not like you were a high school principal in a high school that had fire alarms that had a policy that said if you, a student, pulls the fire alarm... You will be expelled. Jamal Bowman, the Democrat congressman, was a principal at a high school that had a policy that if you, Ben Ferguson, a student in his, in his high school, pulled the fire alarm, you would be expelled. And yet what did Jamal Bowman do? Oh, I'm going to pull the fire alarm because I want to stop the Republican vote. And why is it his claim? If you believe him, his defense is I'm dumber than a box of rocks and I think a fire alarm is a doorknob. That is his defense, and that's the best interpretation he can hope for. By, by the way, I have to ask now, because you brought it up. If a Republican would have done that, how fast would they have been kicked out of Congress? Uh, and would they be, have a mugshot at this point? To be honest, I don't think they'd be kicked out of Congress, but I think they might have a mugshot. And, and my guess is, uh, look, kicking people out of Congress is pretty severe. My guess is the votes won't be there for that. My prediction is... They will censure him. I think the votes will be there for censuring him. But it is a criminal offense in the District of Columbia to pull a fire alarm fraudulently. And he is on video doing that. But he is counting on the corporate media to ignore the fact that he was willing to pull a fire alarm to try to stop the Congress from voting on a provision that he didn't like, which, mind you, was a provision to fund the government. And he wanted to force a government shutdown. So he pulled a fire alarm to cause it to happen. But again... He knew the corporate media would cover for him, and they're doing it right now. Don't forget, we do this podcast three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Make sure you hit that follow button if you're listening on Apple so you get every episode, or hit that subscribe or auto-download button depending on what platform you're listening on. We also do our weekend review on Saturdays for what you may have missed during the week, so you'll get that bonus pod as well. Uh, and also, in the days in between, make sure you download my podcast, the Ben Ferguson Podcast, and I'll keep you updated on the biggest breaking news in those in-between days. And we'll see you back here in a couple of days.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben.